It is Locked on Jazz for the 12th of October. The value of screen setting. Oh my gosh, what an exciting topic. But we're going to talk about it. The starters looked absolutely fabulous. The whole Core 7 did, but there are still issues for the Utah Jazz that need to get straightened out before opening day. We'll touch on it all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Jazz. And if you are listening to Locked on Jazz, over in this corner right here, there's a subscribe button on YouTube, and there's also a like button. If you want to hit either of those two, that would be great. We super appreciate it. All right, let's get into it. Jazz blow out the Pelicans last night. Uh, this is take two on the live edition today. So special hello to Bryce for the second time, and special hello to Cameron as well. So... Okay, let's get one thing out of the way. The Pelicans did not have Zion Williamson and they did not have Brandon Ingram last night. And so, therefore, everybody on their team was stretching beyond their natural ability and they looked really bad doing it. And they threw the ball all over the gym and they had 10 turnovers and they weren't very good. And that allowed the Jazz to be particularly good at what they were doing last night and play the way they wanted to. And the Jazz forced a bunch of those 10 turnovers. But, you know, this game's really, really different if Zion plays, if Brandon Ingram plays, because they actually score a little bit. They're not as horrendous offensively. Um, and this is back to what we talk about a lot on this, is the rightful order of the basketball universe was all jacked up because the rightful order of the basketball universe did not allow for the Pelicans to go to who they wanted. Their, their go-to guy was Jonas Valanciunas last night. That doesn't work for you. And then a bunch of their guys, Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Trey Murphy the third, and these guys are actually pretty good players, just looked way out of sorts last night. Not any, I don't think anyone on their team had a good night. So that was a, that was a good deal of kind of what happened. But the Jazz looked, the starters looked great. Mike Conley was brilliant. Rudy Gobert was completely dominant against Valanciunas, who's not a slug. So that was great. Here's what jumped out to me about more than anything else last night was screen setting. I know what an exciting topic for us to discuss. Rudy Gobert. We talked about what a great defensive player he is, but the team's always good when he's on the floor offensively. And the reason is how great his screen setting is. And there's a lot of different elements to his screen setting. That's great. But truthfully, what was so eye opening to me was when Hassan Whiteside with a lack of understanding what the Jazz want to do offensively, was unable to put a body on people in the, with the screens, either because he left early, he didn't get tight enough, whatever, the ball handler didn't bring the guy to him. In Portland, they played area screen, where he just set the screen and you stay, and Dane drives his guy into the screen. We don't play that same way. We're playing a little bit of a style in which you're going to come up and you're going to get to the to the guy, set the pick, and then our ball handler is going to come off. The whole premise of the Jazz offense is advantage offense. An advantage offense is that you're going to get an advantage and then work off that advantage to make the next advantage and the next advantage and the next advantage. And sometimes it's just the first advantage is enough. But more often than not, Conley's off the pick, Rudy's rolling, we've got the advantage, now we're kicking, we're moving, good to great, and we're getting 
getting a really good look three or we're getting something at the rim. And so, yeah, we're back to, Russell Larson points out, we're back to screen assist a little bit because there really is something to watching Rudy Gobert last night and the footwork and the angles and the rescreens. He blasts uh, Garrett Temple on a play in which is an offensive foul on Rudy, which may have been, may not have been, but frankly, what Garrett Temple, a veteran in the league, just didn't ever expect that screen to be there because Rudy had started on the other side, flipped the pick the other way, bang, took him out. Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert are just beautiful together right now. And, and they were last year. And if we really look at what changed from Mike Conley in his run with the Utah Jazz, is he started playing with Rudy every minute. And that's what changed last year. He played almost entirely his minutes with Rudy Gobert. That pick and roll combination was great from the very beginning of the year. Mike's a master at the pick and roll. He's played with two of the great pick setters in the game in Marcus Gasol and Rudy Gobert. And he work, uses them beautifully and works off of them in a fabulous way and opens everything up. And those two together, they're dynamite. And last night they were dynamite. Last night, I think they were plus 35. The Jazz were plus 35 when the two of them were on the floor. And some of that's actually, Mike's also figured out how to do this defensively, but they, they are. They're just so terrific together on the floor. And it's back to that pick and roll and the understanding. And it's back to Rudy setting amazing pick after amazing pick um, in that process. And so when you, when we're watching what's going on with Whiteside right now, which isn't good, um, he just is not comfortable and has not really figured out how we play yet. A lot of it comes down to his inability to put a body on someone in the pick and roll. Now, what was interesting to me is Eric Pascal comes into the game and Eric Pascal at 6'6", 260 sets a beautiful pick and advantage basketball started again. And, you know, now that gets interesting. Does, does Pascal play that five? Well, we're going to have to give Whiteside 15, 20, 25 games to try to learn how to play this way. You know, he's got to learn, one, when he's setting the pick, and two, where he's rolling. When he was rolling on a bunch of these plays, he was actually in guys' ways. And this is another testament to, we have one of the great players in the NBA and Rudy Gobert on the floor, and so whoever's backing him up or playing next to him just doesn't look good. I mean, Faves is a super good player, and he didn't look good last year looking again, going up, you know. But that offense, that group that we've talked about was so bad defensively was good offensively, because Favors is a good pick setter and because Favors had a relationship with Donovan Mitchell, with Joe Ingles, and understood each other. The Jazz don't have that at all right now uh, in the preseason with the with those guys, with Hassan Whiteside. It, it's, it's, and it's really abundantly clear. And so that's going to be a major next step. Whiteside has, his opening performances so far have not been, been super – um, and we can certainly focus on that if we want to. I might try to bring it up a little bit more of focusing it on the level of what we're seeing from how good, uh, the other way I would look at it is how good Rudy Gobert is at things. Like to me, that's actually what jumped out last night was that aspect. The minute Gobert left the floor, the offense cratered. We weren't able to get the looks we were getting before and it's just the picks weren't set whether it's the angle, the feet. And this is something that Quinn Snyder just preaches and works at and wrote a 15-page dissertation on at some point about the pick and roll and the angles of it. And so we're going, this is what now Whiteside is about to go through Quinn Snyder tutorial on pick and rolls and how to set it and how to work it. And we're going to see whether he can learn. Does Is he a learner? We don't know. He's a seven-foot-one basketball player. And we're, some guys can learn and some guys can't. And 
I'm not sure Whiteside's career shows massive growth at any point of learning. And he was coached by Eric Spolstra along the way. So he's not uncomfortable with good coaching. And he's not, it's not as though he hasn't been around good coaching. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do with this. The other angle here is Pascal. So Pascal sets a really nice pick. And offensively, I think Pascal at the five works on an offensive end because for a few reasons, Pascal one sets the picks. I mean, I know this sounds silly, but this is so much of what we do. And, I'll, and there's a second level. to It's not just on the ball. Two is he's actually pretty good with the ball in his hands. And he might be better with the ball in his hands as, as a spot-up shooter. And so I'll elaborate on this in a second. I'll elaborate on the second way that Rudy's setting those picks that matter. And then we'll dig into some other things in last night's game. There was some great stuff. Donovan's defense has gotten a lot of pub, the overall energy. And then um, some some the interesting comment from Quinn Snyder yesterday about the value of Jared Butler and Trent Forrest and what they've been doing for the team. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Murdochs, with their over 80 years being in Utah, have just made an amazing commitment right now that they are not going to increase pricing over MSRP. It's not, you know, Blake just simply says, it's not who we are. It's not what we believe in. I don't want to be walking around town seeing people we gouge for pricing because there was a shortage on cars. And so the Murdochs are not increasing over MSRP. Uh, just a minute ago, Matthew Barker emailed me and I emailed him back and set him up with a meeting over at Murdoch Hyundai with Jason Creech because we'll set you up with those VIP meetings. All you have to do is email me at dlock00, dlock09 at uh, gmail.com and I'll set you up. Here's what's in right now. The Palisade is the beautiful uh, big SUV. They've It's been almost impossible to get them. Five of them are coming in before the end of the month. A white calligraphy, a silver SE, a white SEL premier eight-seater, a blue SEL premier seven-seater, and a white limited. So make sure if you're interested in the Palisade, you jump on that right now at Murdoch Hyundai. They're available. I can set you up with Jason and uh, give you a meeting there to get in those. Some other news and notes for you. There's 14 Sonatas. That's the really nice sedan. I'm driving one right now. Got me through the snowstorm last night. Uh, coming within the month including the new NL uh, N-Line Night Edition. So there's 14 of those coming here shortly. There's uh, also in the Santa Fe, there's one that came in at the end of September, one that just got in, and one that comes in in October. So there are a few available. Go over, email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Grip6.com. Grip6, engineered without flaps, without holes, or without bulk. The perfect fitting belt and the interchangeable belt with your buckle and your strap. And now they've got three different straps for you. The lightweight, the element, and the midweight as they continue to improve the products. Utah's own Grip6.com with their wallets and their super wool socks as well. Uh, go check it out. Promo code locked on gets you 20% off. It's at Grip6.com. The Blue Jay uh, midweight strap is now available. I love the Craftsman series. There's also the great Ninja belt. And if you really want something sporty, there's the carbon fiber belt uh, buckle as well. All at Grip6.com. Check it out. Promo code locked on. If you order over $50, you get free shipping as well. So go get it set up right now at Grip6.com. Good crowd on today. Thanks very much for everybody tuning in live and making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. All right. So the other thing on the pick setting is not just on the ball. The other thing Rudy's great at, and we're, to me, it looks like we're running a little bit more of this than we've run before is where Rudy starts the possession at the top as though he's setting a pick for Mike or Donovan swirls out of it and heads down for a pin down on the wing. And it's usually the clear side. So it's a one guy 
on that side. We'll usually when we come down the floor, we've got the ball in the middle or the ball slightly off to one side coming to the middle. And we've got two shooters on one side and we've got one shooter on the other. When I've seen this, this so far, it's been on the, on the single side where Rudy now curls out of the pick and roll for the ball handler goes and sets a pin down for Donovan or Boyan. And because it's on the single side, Think about it from a defensive standpoint. You, If Rudy gets a good pick for Boyan or Donovan, one, they're open for three. The big, who's often dropping, or however they're playing, it, has to go with Rudy now because Rudy started the first pick up top, is now on the run going one direction. As Rudy sets the pick, they're going to have to change direction to get out to either Boyan or Donovan if they're switching and now deal with that matchup. That's a difficult little switch. I think that might be a slight adjustment for the what the Jazz are running because of uh, getting ready for teams to switch one through five, which everyone's going to do to us all year long, including opening night against Oklahoma City and probably the second night against Sacramento. But so if you think about the big is going with, in this case, Favors, if it's Oklahoma City or Mascala, with Rudy, and then Boyan or Donovan comes back, they actually have to now flip back to get there, make that switch almost immediately when you're not certain that pass is coming. Rudy now is rolling off that pick on the baseline side with no help coming. Ball handler's still in the middle. You love it when the ball handler's coming to the middle because they can see everything. And now there's two shooters on the side where the ball handler's going for easy passing lanes or the lob to Rudy. And so that's where that same pick setting is incredibly vital. And that's an interesting twist that I've seen in the jazz offense. It was something was in before, but I've seen it emphasized um, a little bit here in the opening days. I thought they made an incredible effort to get Rudy the ball last night. And against Valanchunas, who's not, not a slug, like he's not bad. And so I thought that was really clear that the Jazz were making a really, really conscious effort to be able to get Rudy the ball. And that's so key. When when Rudy runs the floor, it gets us three. When Rudy's attacking the rim, it opens everything up. And if we can be conscious about getting Rudy the ball with the lobs or however we're doing it, it just forces the defense all the way back down to the baseline. And that's where the Jazz were just in complete control. Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert together were just fabulous. They played quick. They played great. They got early looks. They took a ton of threes. Um, they really, they really, really were fabulous last night. If you kind of, if you look at the ball game, um, and obviously they blew out a totally inferior team, which is exactly what you'd want them to do last night. Um, but when you start looking at shot distribution and some of the things that took place last night, this was this was the Jazz playing exactly as as we hope them to play. Um, and we look forward to them to play. So when you, you know, obviously they win it by a lot, but if we just kind of break it down at the end of the first quarter, it was pretty ugly quarter with 17 turnovers on each side. Um, Gobert and Conley were plus 13 in those seven minutes. And then we fell off in the next four and a half minutes where, you know, the picks weren't beat. This is the period where Whiteside simply never got a body um, on anybody. Uh, the Pelicans had 10 turnovers in this time period, but the Jazz ended up taking 11 of 23 shots from three. That's right at the 50% mark we want to see. Um, they had six defensive steals, which tells you there was great activity uh, by the Jazz in that period of time. Two of them by Boyan. Donovan had some really big plays earlier, and the rotation was exactly as we wanted. In the second quarter, you saw it again. 11 of 23 shots were threes again in the second quarter. The turnovers came down. Um, for the Jazz at this point, and they outscored it by 11. Rudy Gobert plus 15, Mike Conley plus 12. I mean, just an absolute whitewash of a performance by the Jazz in the first half of the game, playing the regular guys. 22 of 46 shots is threes. That's right at the 50% number. The turnovers were too much at 10. Um, 
but 15 assists, balanced scoring across the board. Gobert plus 28 with 11 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. Mike Conley plus 25 with 12 points, four assists, two steals. Just really deadly, fabulous performance, and he, Jordan finally got himself going. And then Eric Pascal was good. Pascal in that sec in that second quarter played a little center. And so the reason I think that can there's some reasons offensively I think that can work. Now defensively I'm not I'm not sure. Um, defensively, what we would do is we would play one through five switching on that. Um, and that would be how we'd have to handle it. The problem with us playing one through five switching is we're, we're not great containing the ball. It's been the number one focus of training camp is getting better at containing the ball. It's, it's not just, we don't have a rim protection with Pascal, um, as our center, which we don't is that we literally don't have, we, we have to contain the ball. Like, like, Teams are going to, if we're playing one through five switching, what we're forcing them into is isolation, one-on-one drive game, and we better be able to guard it if that's what we're going to force you into. Our preference most of the time is to force you into pick and roll and make you deal with Rudy and play pick and roll against us while we hug your shooters and lead you into bad shots. So I don't know whether or not forcing someone into playing one-on-one isolation is what we actually want to do. But when someone plays one through five switching, you're you're close to forced into isolation. I mean, I just talked about a motion we're seeing out of the Jazz right now that I think is a reaction to one through five switching. But most teams, the minute we, they see us switch one through five, are just going to pull it out, find their mismatch, shouldn't be too hard to find, and go. And we're going to have to then crash in, rotate out, and are we quick enough and big enough to crash in and rotate out with that lineup? I, I'm, a, I'm pretty questionable. However, on the offensive side, Pascal's got some some things that I think he's good at and some things he's not great at. What he's not great at is shooting. The 30% three-point shooter, he jumps. There's too much motion and too much jump. There's just, it's not something that's going to become a very good shot. If he can get himself to be on the floor a little bit more, I've seen him work on it with less jump and less movement, almost like George Nyang did, but that took three years. Then I really think he could be a good shooter because his stroke's not terrible. And I think his touch is probably fine. Um, so, that's what he has to do when he's playing the four. When he plays the five and he's spread out by four shooters, suddenly he's big, strong, and he can dribble. And we've seen him just bogart guys into the lane all the way to the rim. He's a great finisher at the basket. He's also a surprisingly good passer off the bounce, which is a skill that a lot of big guys once didn't have. I'm not sure that's still true anymore. More and more guys do have it. Uh, but it's an area where, guys, it's it's a difficult thing to do. But we've seen him come off pick and rolls and make what I would call the non-natural pass. So if you're coming off the pick and roll on your right hand into the middle of the lane, the natural pass is just that corner pass. He actually threw on high quadrant right. Okay, that's not a natural pass. The hook, maybe left, is more natural. He he clearly was reading correctly, made the right pass. He can go beyond the um, the natural piece of of the you know of what they of what you do. And so he actually, I think suddenly with a, as the five, now I'm not like, this is, this gets to another point. He could play with the ball in his hands a little bit with the five Bogart his way into the lane. And I think you've got a hug to our four other shooters under that circumstance. And then he's really good finishing at the rim. Here's the one problem with that. And this is what actually used to be the Julius Randall rule until he had the all-star year last year, which is sometimes when you're talking about what a player can do well, the problem with talking about what a player can do well is, is there somebody else on the floor you'd rather have do that? So if we have Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson in our second, so our second unit's Mike Conley. Um, no, our second unit really in this case would be where Whiteside is on the floor. If you're playing Pascal instead would be Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, probably Royce O'Neal and Eric Pascal. 
Okay, so it's super small. It's six one, six seven, six four, six four, and six six. It's super small, um, which is not great. The other thing is, I, it's nice that Eric Pascal can do this. It gives us an option, but I, I'm not sure that's who I want having the ball in their hand now. Maybe he's, you know, I think if he's on the floor, you're not guarding him, forcing him to take the three, which gets back to his weakness. So we'll see. Um, but that was something that looked good, and his pick setting was great. So that if someone's not switching one through five and he's setting the picks and freeing our guys, um, it looked good. So in that. Uh, tough day for Jared Butler and Tyler Forrest, one out with illness, one out with a concussion. And then Quinn Snyder shared how each of them have a really interesting value to this team. And we'll touch on that um, as we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. No, our, our line did not uh, change um, because of the fact that we uh, won that game by 30 in the preseason. But you can get in on all the action at betonline.ag. It is our preferred spot for you to get your uh, gaming on. And with the promo code Locked On, you receive a 50% welcome bonus. Football season is going on, and BetOnline is the number one spot for all pro and college football action. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. The Buccaneers and the Eagles this week. The Bucs are a seven-point favorite on Thursday if you want in on that. The Raiders line, which gets a little interesting after whether you think they're going to do their three-and-a-half-point dog to the Broncos and the Steelers and the Seahawks play this week. Without Russell Wilson, the Steelers now a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Seahawks in a game that uh, does not have a lot of juice to it. Uh, over on the NBA end of things, you can do over-unders on wins. You can do playoff specials. You can do futures. Um, NBA future bets as well, like regular season MVP still has Luka Doncic as plus 450 for your MVP. That's all at betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On. If you're going to play fantasy this year, do it with sleeper and game picks instead of getting caught into the game where who fi- which guy figured out who's playing and who didn't play. This is a game that makes it a little bit more like fantasy football. You pick your player and you pick your game of the week for them to be able to take uh, instead of getting caught with whether someone's got three games or four games during the week. In game picks, you get one game per week, each based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent defense and ranking, pace of play, and more. All that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. So go to the Sleeper app, download today, and get the game picks. You can play pre-draft or redraft, keeper, or dynasty. Game picks has you covered in every which way. It is a lot of fun, and it is game pick at Sleeper. Uh, yesterday was a bummer because Trent Jared Butler got a non-COVID illness and was unavailable. And then uh, the next uh, part of it was that uh, Trent Forrest got a concussion. Um, and the, the thing that was interesting is in the second quarter, the Jazz brought Trent Forrest in in a 10-man rotation. Which leads me to believe that there might be a little bit of a movement to try to play 10 with either Butler or Forrest. And then that can save Mike Conley three or four minutes, maybe save Joe Ingles um, three or four minutes. So that was a little thing that I think got lost because Forrest left the game and then we never had another rotation, but the Jazz played a 10 man rotation. Everything else was their normal rotation. Then they slipped that in there. So it leads me to think they were playing a 10 man rotation um, last night. I thought there was a really interesting comment by Quinn Snyder about Jared Butler and Trent Forrest in his press conference yesterday, which was that the two of them are playing so well in training camp that is allowing the Jazz to have very high-level scrimmages. 
So we have Donovan, we have Mike, and we have Joe, but sometimes we don't want Mike practicing. We don't want Joe practicing. We don't really want Donovan practicing a great deal. But you want the other guys going and having these practices because both Forrest and Butler are doing such a nice job at running the team. And what a luxury to have five different guys, plus Macy Oteague right now, who can run a team in a scrimmage. Quinn was talking about that those two guys are doing such a nice job in the scrimmages that the Jazz are getting more out of their practices and more out of their scrimmages because those youngsters are playing so well. Jared Butler's everyone's cup of tea right now, and he's the flavor of the month, and he's the rookie. Trent Forrest, that that competition I don't think is over. I think Trent Forrest has played beautifully. He made a super pass last night right before he got hurt. He came through the lane on a pick and roll, unnatural pass to the corner from the left side to the right corner. Those are the plays that coaches love. Jared Butler's still a primary scorer, and it's neat, and we like it because he puts the ball in the hole and he puts up big numbers, and none of us remember the Trent Forrest pass from yesterday, but actually the Trent Forrest pass might mean more to those coaches than anything else. Forrest with two minutes and had that one assist. Go to nbastats.com if they have it up. Uh, go grab it. Um, but it's, those are the kind of plays that I think really have textural meaning uh, to the Jazz, but I did think it was important that they played a 10-man uh, rotation yesterday. All right, let's see a few other notes for you. Then I'll take some of your questions. Um, White said on defense, five fouls in a short period of time. So almost a defensive lack of understanding of what we're trying to do as well as an offensive lack of understanding. Um, but he'll get it. Or at least we'll find out like he gets 15 or 20 games to figure it out. We'll see uh, whether they can do it offensively. I've, I've discussed the picks and Clarkson to me looks more engaged defensively. And Donovan is the talk, but I think Clarkson also looks much more engaged to me defensively. And what I'm seeing out of him, a real effort on the ball, Donovan showing that real effort on the ball. This is super to see. I don't know how long it can last with the fatiguing of a regular season, but the more important thing of what you're seeing right there is the coaches sending a message to the players while they're in Vegas, film watching, going back through the second half against Clippers, showing the guys what went wrong, saying, hey, it's a ball contain issue. We've got to defend the ball. It has, it's not Rudy's not there. It's are you, can you break, you know, hold your guy off long enough to help people? And we are seeing a massive commitment of that in the preseason from two of our veterans. That's a really, really good sign to the future of this franchise that those two guys are doing um, exactly that. Um, new move from Donovan. Donovan came across the lane behind his back. Dirk stepped back in the lane. Donovan works so hard. He works on his footstep. He works on his game. We saw him on Instagram all summer long working. We're seeing little tiny offensive moves that are different to free himself and become a bona fide scorer. I think one of the more interesting storylines this season is going to be how Donovan weighs what I think is an ability to go get 30 every night and playing inside the team structure, and that's going to be it. But I thought uh, Donovan really sh – he's showing new moves and new abilities and new step backs and new footwork uh, that shows that he's ready. All right, let me take a few questions uh, from the crowd. We've got a good, very big live audience today, so I appreciate that. Um, uh, hit the uh, Bryce says that not only should you hit the little thing down over here – wait, it's over here – that says subscribe and like, but also hit the bell to get notified when we go live because we're going live each and every day. Um, Adam had a great time at the game last night. Richard loved Donovan's defense and Rudy's offense last night. Both were a good time. Really a big effort to get Rudy the ball. Um, uh, Richard says, we've seen other players take a while to acclimate to the Jazz and eventually thrive. Give Whiteside some time. Sure, we've, we've seen two games of his so far as our sample size. Um, and, you know, frankly, Rudy's the best pick setter and the best defensive player in the league, and you're trying to match that. It's not going to look right. You've got to make some contact on those guys, though. 
Um, I feel like for the past month, this is from Taylor Gamble. We have hardly mentioned Royce. What are you seeing with him? Do you expect anything new or different from him? I think maybe that's the beauty of Royce. I expect him to bust his butt defensively, hope hit open threes. He's trying to show a little bit more dribble and wiggle. It's not naturally who he is. There was one play in Dallas where he tried to put on a big shake move and lost the ball out of bounds. He did it again last night. Um, so I, I think... You know, that's not his natural game. His game is a straight line drive and an open inflate. He's become a very good passer. He's a really good shooter. He's a great battler defensively. And so I think that, you know, that's really who who he is and maybe the beauty of him. And I think the most important thing is how few possessions he uses. And if people want to leave him open, we'll kill him all day uh, by them leaving him open. Um, do you anticipate any trades before the deadline? We haven't started the season and James Knight wants trades. Yes, because I still think we have. Um, Ryan Smith is amazingly committed. I talked to him for a while last night. He's just incredible. Um, but I, we're so deep into luxury tax right now. There's gotta be some pairing back. Um, hopefully it's not something big and we're playing really well. Um, but as much as I talk about the Warriors and Clippers having to pair back, if we don't start well, that could be an issue, um, as well. All right. Uh, let's see. Utah's super deep this season playoffs. Like Mike himself even said, they'll need everyone every night. They have multiple lineups that they didn't have in the playoffs. Versatility. Um, and I definitely think we'll use a 10 man says Jamila. Um, all right. That is locked on jazz today. Thanks very much for tuning in. Appreciate it. Um, somebody was asking about Kyrie. The nets are saying Kyrie won't practice until eligible. Um, I'm pretty certain Kyrie is going to be eligible really soon. How about that? All right. It is locked on jazz. Thank you for making us your first list of the day. Now let Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball be your second listen and get you ready for the fantasy season with Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Have a great one.